Um, hey guys, and welcome back to episode 2 of the Digital Artcast. Um, here again with myself, Gordon Neal, and Colin Cyril. Say hi, Colin. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. Um, so, for the guys who don't know, um, my name's Gordon, and I am a digital artist. I'm currently studying towards working in the game and film industry. Um, you're doing some 2D concept art and 3D basic stuff, um, and finishing my degree at the moment. Uh, Colin, we quick intro from you. <clears throat> quick intro. Um, so yeah, hi, my name is Colin. I just graduated from <clears throat> animation at Sheridan. Um, currently, I'm working for Elliot Animation in Toronto, doing a whole bunch of fun stuff there. I'm also working freelance on the side and trying to keep myself busy, which actually isn't that hard. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and Colin, for those of you who are listening as well, the audio listeners, Colin will be going <clears throat> a lot throughout this podcast. Because I'm sick. <laughs> As probably everybody is at this time, so yeah. Yeah, so there's something going around, especially here, which is weird because it's the middle of the summer. I know, it's uh, it's usually the, quite typical here because in Scotland, when the summer, it's like w- the climate's warm, but then it rains a lot, so because you're mixing cotton hold, cotton hold? Yeah. <laughs> cold and hot so much, cold and hot yeah. so much, so much time, uh, your body just kind of shuts down in a sick mode, but... Yeah, a lot no, of people. And all just... the diseases floating around are just like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> let's go feast. Oh god, no. So, um, so yeah, please excuse uh, either myself or Colin if we <clears throat> throughout the podcast. So, yeah. I might like cough on my microphone. My mic will just go like, oh shit, that's disgusting. <laughs> so, someone up here, your phone's like, oh my god. Um, yeah. so, uh, so, we're going to break into a few topics this week. We're going to talk about different things. Um, but first, as always, we're going to do a week in review. So, um, I'll kind of start us off. Um, basics. Yeah, I, I was going to anyway. I was going anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I've just been doing some basic tutorials. Um, I've been trying to get more into um, the environment stuff that I was studying with Mache Kutiara. Um, the guy mm-hmm. is based. Um, well, he was working for Naughty Dog. I think he primarily does a lot of freelance stuff for himself and Learn Squared at the moment. Um, so I've been doing his environment stuff, but finding. Um, something out that I didn't really know much about environment painting especially was the, the history side you have to go into to really understand architecture. Oh yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing the exact same stuff that I'm doing right now. Like you really have to do a lot of research. Yeah, I mean he even, he breaks it down into like your, um, your kind of, I'm trying to, oh, your megalithic structures and stuff like that. It's like 300 BC and then breaking up towards your Sumerian, um, ancient Egypt and then Greek, Roman um, even stuff like learning, like obviously, like the Romans and stuff, like you know, yeah. con- concrete came across and how concrete actually affected structures. Obviously, past that and how they introduced arches, like in the Colosseum. So, just trying to you know take notes, but understanding so much stuff. And uh, I think obviously up until this point, I was just painting, p- painting pretty pictures, um, and didn't really realize <laughs> yeah. that yeah that. A lot of concept stuff you do. But now you're painting pretty pictures that have a lot more thought put into them. And yeah. by thought, I mean like research, and you're like, okay, this is actually what this is. This is not just something that looks nice. Yeah, basically. When you're painting like a structure, if you were going to the, like the megalithic stuff, you're thinking, oh, well, it was, you know, that the, the kind of prehistoric stuff was based in mud and, and straw and grass. It was There wasn't any real building block structures. It was just blocks on top of blocks. And that obviously helps when you're painting. slaves to put the blocks there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, even just looking at it, something like, you know, Maché was talking about the pyramids in Egypt and talking about, you know, such an uh, iconic structure, but one of the individual blocks that makes up the pyramid structure was the size of one person, so to build them took, you know... It probably cost one person, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember the guy who put a brick up, he died. Um, so, yeah, so uh, interesting stuff. So I'm doing his environment stuff, which 
um, I've just kind of started, so I'm just breaking into the history side of it, but then I think he's moving on to light and texture next. So, so, uh, so how long is this course that you're taking? Um, the Lens Square course is, I think, roughly... Oh, God, now I'm going to try and say this. It's about 60 hours. Oh, my God. That is, that is like, almost a college-level course. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so... Or college length, I should say. Very involved. Um, a lot of stuff differently with, obviously, um, he breaks it down into kind of, like, basic intermediate and advanced, and he talks about, you know, your, your basic research, building stuff in light and shapes and, like, kind of black and white and then adding colour, um, how to, you know change the light so structures look three-dimensional, add texture for materials. Um, there's, a, there's a whole gambit of stuff. If, if you guys want to check out um, Michiko Chiara on Learn Squared, he has a whole course there you can um, sign up for. Um, much like when I bought Noah's Art Camp as well, that was obviously really involved as well. And, mm -hmm. uh, he's yeah, done... and he's, he's directly involved in that. And he has a whole bunch of instructors that also go through people's stuff too. Yeah, oh well, um, Titus was the other guy who obviously has done a course now there as well, so, um, but Noah's done two other art camps since he's just launched Art Camp 3, um, which is a whole focus on environment painting for um, games and movies, so, mm -hmm. yeah, um, definitely got the, it's the money though, you know, because obviously, you know, we know his stuff, it's, uh, it's, it's it's priced obviously well, but it's no money I've got lying about, so, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just doing what I can when I can, so, yeah, definitely. Um, so you've been doing Machete stuff, um, playing a little bit of games. Um, actually, on the, the side of that, because I was getting quite a fan of The Witcher games, which mm -hmm. are actually a book series in Poland, so they're based off a whole book series, which I never knew. Yeah. Um, the Interesting, the just like the Metro series, a lot of games from over in Europe and stuff, they all seem to be, or not all, but a lot of them seem to be based on existing literature, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't even knew. I mean, I was speaking to one of my Polish friends that I was talking to him about Witcher, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, Witcher, you know, it's been in their country for years." And I was like, "What?" I knew it was made in Poland, and then he was like, "No, no, it's it's based on an old book series." And I was like, "Oh, I never knew." Um, but one of my friends also who's into stuff like Witcher and Dark Souls, and is a really good artist, the guy Felix, I let you see a couple of weeks back. Remember, yeah, the, yeah with ink stuff. Um, he recommended a, a a book series by a guy called Joe Abercrombie. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, no, uh, maybe. What? Yeah, it does a book called Half a King, and then there's like Half a War, and, um, but it's, Interesting. It, yeah, it's very Game of thrones -y, Head on Pikes, the Slaughtered kind of stuff, yeah. um, but I've been reading, I've been starting one of his books called Half a King, and it's very, very good, um, so, you yeah. definitely have to do a shite ton of research for something like that. Like, you can't not. <laughs> yeah, oh no, definitely. I mean, like, the Witcher stuff, I mean, I think even before they released the first game, they spent nearly two years or a year and a half, like, just pure concepting and researching constantly. Um, so, yeah. Because, yeah. Um, I mean, even The Witcher 3, like, the first Witcher was released, God, I'm trying to even think, maybe even, like, seven seven years ago or something Six, like that. Six, seven years ago? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So they've obviously perfected the craft all the way up to the third one, which was the mm -hmm. most critically acclaimed and won the most awards. But, <clears throat> yeah, it was there was a huge thought process went into it. One yeah. thing I don't get is how can such a small team put out a game that's like so huge and like pretty much universally well-rounded? Like it's just it's so good. And the um, the expansion pack, you see some games coming out with like you know like two three hours of content. It's multiplayer. It's not that big. And then they release like another whole game. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> in the expansion, like like how the hell do they do that? I know because there was there was Witcher three, and then there was. Um... I'm trying to mind the one that just blood came and out. wine, I think blood and wine, yeah. yeah. So, but no, it's, it's, a, it's a huge thing. There was actually a guy from, um, I'm trying to mind where he works. I can't remember specifically, but I know he is a famous artist. It's Derek, Derek something. 
Um, I can never make uh, the Alex surname, but he is uh, a very renowned artist. But he done the the cover art for the Blood and Wine expansion. You know, where Garrett sitting on like a chair, like a throne, with a monster hanging over him. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was Derek. So, um, um <coughs> uh huh, clear throat number one. Um, so yeah, so uh, <laughs> for a small team, yeah, it's it's crazy. But I mean, define small team. I mean, I'm not too sure how big. Um, well, small team would be like ten to twelve, fifteen people ish. Yeah, I'm trying to make. Oh God. Hold on, I can I remember the name of the studio? I really should. Oh my God, this CD is Project terrible. Red. That's the one. Oh, I knew Red was in the name. That's terrible. Oh my God. But anyway, so yeah. Um, CD Project with a K, just because they're European. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I mean, even a small team. I know the guys who done God of War three. There was only eighty people on that team. Um, and I think they considered oh. that a small team. So, but then it could obviously be eighty people. There's maybe like twenty of them clerical staff. So, yeah, like the rest are obviously their artists, engineers, programmers. So, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I think even with guys like Rockstar in Edinburgh, who do GTA, obviously, um, yeah. they're I think they're three hundred and sixty at the moment, team wise. That's just that one studio. They have a lot of other um, subsidiaries around the world. One in um, Oakville, actually, which is like right by where I live. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and well, of course, in the UK, we've got uh, Rockstar North, which are also based in Edinburgh, and then um, Leeds, um, which is down south. So, um, actually, um, one of my friends who I graduated with, um, the one who did um, her film entirely in VR, uh, she is working for Rockstar. Just purely by chance which is cr- which is crazy because she also lives in oakville or used to so oh, cool. you know like holy shit makes <laughs> <laughs> some although it's um, th- that particular rockstar studio they don't actually do any art there i think it's mostly programming development that kind of thing so mm-hmm. she's pretty much jumping into i guess that kind of stuff and she basically wants to go overseas as soon as she can get to the main studio and be able to do some animation or whatever oh cool yeah edinburgh's renowned for the art team um although they have Speaking of my, co- my source there, they have like maybe 16, 17 2D artists and like I'm sure it's nearly like 100 3D artists. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's a huge thing across the across And it makes sense because like 3D takes that much longer to do so you need more people whereas yeah. 2D art, like not that it's easy but it yeah. doesn't take nearly as long. Yeah. If you want to build an environment in a painting, it's a couple of brush strokes. If you want to do it in 3D, you've got to sit, physically build the walls. So it's exactly yeah. and then texture the walls and light the whole thing. It's yeah, it's yeah. hard. Um, so yeah, so uh, so anyway, yeah, um, completely off topic now. I'm forgetting what we're doing, but that was my week anyway. So yeah, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, doing tutorials, um, playing a bit of Witcher, and reading some Joe Abercrombie. Um, that was my my week in review. So um, yes. I, I say week in review. You've probably noticed, guys, that it's been a couple of weeks since we've done it, but it's just been conflicting schedules between myself and Colin and obviously I had Comic Con last week so um, oh yeah how'd that go again we go off topic <laughs> I know uh, Com- Com- Comic Con was great you know the guys who run it are fantastic the event itself was great I had loads of good uh, guests um, I mean I had Dave Gibbons across um, I interviewed Dave Gibbons he is a British comic book artist who drew the Watchmen comics um, and he done Ooh. like the the Kingsman series as well that Mark Miller just releases a film. Yeah. Um, so he done all that, and that we was ha- so good. I still can't get over how good Kingsman. Oh yeah, was. oh it was brilliant. Um, and then we had um, we were at a kind of small award ceremony after, and we gave a, a lifetime achievement award to Frank Quietly. Um, he's worked a lot with DC and Marvel and Grant Morrison. He's done all the Superman stories. He's penciled all of them, and yeah, yeah, very very accomplished artist. He's, he's drawn nearly everything that needs to be drawn um comic wise so um and then 
um, we had a couple of other guests, um, smaller press stuff. Um, yeah, it was really, the event. It was it was great. It was just where we were because the venue set up like a U shape, right? So mm-hmm. in the middle of the U was the main. How hall. big is it actually? Like how many people? Uh, there was like over the weekend. I think it was maybe three thousand ish over the weekend. Uh, maybe a bit more. Oh, cool. It's a smaller event. It's no like we had MCM stuff, which is like the San Diego Comic Con version of one. You know, you get maybe like forty thousand attendance over the weekend. Um, maybe forty thousand. Try like like a hundred and fifty thousand now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the stuff in the states is ridiculous. Um, but obviously, we were set up in a small kind of alley. Yeah. Um, kind of both artists either side, but then the main hall was in the middle. So. Because the the sides were kind of like dead ends, people were kind of like walking up them and walking back down, but no, many people were, it was kind of like, unless you knew it was there, you weren't mm-hmm. going to really walk up it. Um, and then we also found that there was uh, a couple of guys from the States, like they had big kind of Marvel names, and a girl who wrote for Adventure Time, and they were in like a small room that was off the side of the main hall, but nobody really knew it was there, so... Yeah, they were quite quiet as well, which was wasn't great, obviously, because you know the guys had, had spent so much time and money coming across, or you know, came as guests. But um, the event's usually great, just for some reason this year. Um, you know, the kind of layout didn't help, and then obviously it didn't help as well at the weekend. Uh, the rail system was on strike. Um, oh wow! So that caused a lot of problems for inner city people, and then um, the subway within Glasgow was also under construction. So yeah, Shit. yeah, it caused <laughs> it caused a lot of problems for people trying to get to the event. So, um, so transit yeah. sucks. It's not. It's like it's all transit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like the guy who runs at Shan is here. I mean, he just couldn't have picked um, a worse weekend. I mean, I think obviously when he picked it, he never had any envisions of it happening. But um, it just all kind of culminated at one one kind of point, and you know, it, it was against him for the start. So it was it was a shame, but. But no, it was a great event. I really enjoyed it. It's just obviously, um, it was just a bit more quieter than I would have liked. I would have liked a bit more footfall just to get some prints sold. Because you're paying money for, to be there for the, the, your table. Yeah, um, you also need to pay money for prints and you got like probably other upkeep too. Like I've done cons as well. There's there's all these hidden costs that you don't think of until you actually do it. And you're like, oh shit, I just spent like 300 bucks. Yeah, I, I mean, and then obviously you're trying to recoup as much of that back as you can. So... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great weekend for me anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Probably one of financially probably one of the worst I've done this year. So, um, but then again, it was my last one because I'm going to now try and obviously focus on building my skill set. So going in next year, I'm going to have a stronger presence there. Hopefully, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hope. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I'm next week. But anyway, so um, Colin, what have you been doing the last? <clears throat> Two weeks ish. Anyway. Yeah, week in review slash almost a month in review, <laughs> half a month. I don't know. So yeah, I got a huge list here. I'm gonna try to go through it without completely blasting well, everybody with information. I can, I can tell you that now we're only 15 minutes in, as far as I can tell. So. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, maybe 15, 18, depending on when yeah, we started. Just, uh, um, just talk away. Yeah. <laughs> I can edit. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll start with the most important thing being yeah. my day job, which is uh, going. It wasn't going badly before, but I'm sort of like, I'm about eight, nine weeks in, which is around the time when you're supposed to be kind of more or less comfortable, not integrated, but you know, yeah. you, you, know you know how they say it takes about six to eight weeks to, you know, get used to what you're doing. Yeah, just and, the day-to-day um, stuff as well, just like learning how your computer works and where you have to sit and where to get coffee, all that kind of mundane stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm also starting to meet a lot more people, you know. <clears throat> trading portfolios realizing that a lot of the people I'm working with are actually I mean not that I not that I thought they weren't but like now that I'm actually seeing all their art I'm like holy crap I'm working with some really good people <laughs> um 
and yeah, I'm making a lot of friends. I went out with a whole bunch of people from work uh, yesterday, and um, I, I'm also working with two former <clears throat> former Sheridan grads who are in my year. So we're all sort of hanging out, talking to. I'm going to be apartment or sorry, build, uh, apartment building neighbors with one of them, which is going to be kind of nice. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, like work is going well. Doing um, currently, I'm doing uh, uh, development work, like I was mentioning before, and I'm also doing. Um, board revisions, which is basically, um, you get a storyboard, which uh, one of the other board artists did, and then the revisions for that board, which are which are sort of written down during the Leica screening, those are split off to about two or three different people, and I'm one of them. So we go through all the revs, fix the board up, we uh, <clears throat> resubmit it, sometimes there's additional revs, but sometimes like I could either be busy for like four or five days out of the week, or I could be busy for a couple hours on one day, and then just like do development work for the rest of the week, which is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And also at work, um, I may have mentioned working out at the park, um, you know, halfway through the day, which I'm doing with my boss who is absolutely like jacked. He's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I go out with him and his son and, uh, we, we, uh, we go to the park. We either do, well, actually, no, we do, we do a lot of stuff. We do sprints, um, hitting a big piece of like ballistic foam with a sledgehammer uh, just, it's really, really intense, you know, fast, you know, like makes you hurt afterwards kind of stuff. Yeah. I think last week George got a new drag shoot. And so we were doing sprints across the field wearing two like sort of racing car parachute drag shoot things. Plus oh this like God. drag bag thing you got to wear around your, wear around your waist that, that has like a 25, 35 pound weight in it. So yeah. Like it's, it, I mean, like it is still a sprint, but you're not going full tilt just because you have so much resistance and Jesus. it hurts like hell, but you know, it's way better than just running by yourself or yeah. like, you know, working out by yourself. Like yeah. that kind of resistance training is, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely, I forgot actually just what you mentioned, I forgot to say the last two weeks I've been really like intensely hitting the gym hard and swimming in between days. I'm not doing weights. Um, and I've managed to drop almost or even just a wee bit more than 50% body fat in like four weeks 50% Holy no 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 oh no 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 15 oh my god <laughs> okay <laughs> one five is even a week Jesus that would have been like um half the person I was four weeks ago um, yeah 15 yeah. is pretty damn good though like, yeah yeah anything um, over 10% in a couple of weeks is pretty amazing so yeah nice yeah because obviously exercises I've noticed with all the guys at the top of the industry I think they obviously it's the old kind of acronym where healthy, bo healthy body, healthy mind. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, get, I take it George is quite a he's a, a pioneer of that kind of thinking. I think if if he wanted to, he could do an Ironman, no problem. Like just looking at the guy and nice. knowing what he does. Like seriously, every day he's like, you know, just like come on, come to the park, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> Yeah, he's also training his son, um, sort of in the ways of the arts. I think uh, I think his son's either like end of high school or just out, and um, like he's basically just putting him through the ringer, like you know, getting him to draw from all the classic, you know, like um, uh, Loomis and all those drawing books and stuff, yeah. which I studied as well. So it's it's kind of cool to see someone going through the same thing that I did, except more intense because his dad's George Eliot. So <laughs> yeah, and um, let me see what else have I been doing. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, so last weekend I got a massive sunburn from this, which actually turned out pretty well because I just cover myself in aloe. But on well, last Sunday, what we did is I went out with two former profs and about I think fifteen or so Sheridan students from like year one to four in animation. So um, what we did was uh, it was sort of like um like a tall ship drawing day, except we actually did less drawing and more actual sailing. We ended up sailing uh. 
think it was like um, the masts were about 100 feet tall. The ship was about 50 meters long. And we were just out in Toronto Harbor sailing this like crazy ship. There's like a Spanish galleon there. There was um there was a Viking ship that had apparently sailed all the way from Norway, wow. you know, past Greenland. So like they were doing it for real, which is pretty cool. Jesus. There was, you know, hundreds of ships out in the harbor and meanwhile they're teaching us about how the hell tall ships work while we're sailing this damn thing and trying to draw it as we're on it, which was pretty amazing. Wow. And then we all went out for beers afterwards and learned a lot and it was pretty cool. And I think they're 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 gonna start doing that kind of thing more frequently. Like last last thing we did was we went to the um Royal Ontario Museum, drew a whole bunch of like sets of armor and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh they think the next thing they wanna do is in Kingston where there's this um Fort Henry, I think it was called. Like an old uh War of eighteen twelve fort, I believe, from that far back. Yeah, so we're we're gonna go up there and draw a whole bunch of stuff. But lots of adventures. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Yeah. And actually, the, um, uh, that wasn't even the last thing uh, we did. We also did more fencing at Life Drawing, which was pretty awesome. Again, like just going to Life Drawing and ended up and ending up sword fighting with people. Like it's so cool. <laughs> I love, I love how you did. I'm like, oh, we were sword fighting. It's so cool. And I'm like, uh, Colin, that has two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, your your Life Drawing stuff I'm always jealous of because uh, again, like I say, their stuff is more. It's it's great because it's Life Drawing, but it's just tamer. It's just the you know the the, the vanilla version of life drawing which is just you know people standing naked and then you're painting figures um yeah. which i mean like we do that kind of stuff too but mm-hmm. i guess it's also good to you know spice it up make it more interesting by like, literally bringing swords yeah the action <laughs> i mean like even the time you told me the guy dressed up in the, the the sylvester stallone stuff you know the like was he rocky and then he was rambo yeah and actually um there's a um uh, i think the next one coming up is harley quinn in in terms of that one specifically and afterwards there's another really interesting costume i think those happen every two weeks oh wow yeah is that the the tunes on tap yeah 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 oh that's good no i'm still trying to hunt down something kind of related to that in glasgow but again a lot of it is there is there's a small pub in glasgow i think it's called the flying duck and um they do life drawing sessions but again it's just your generic life drawing stuff that isn't anything um, particularly fancy but yeah I, I definitely want to try and organize something like that because uh i think it'd be more interesting again um than the, the you can get a bunch of people together and hire a model like it's actually not that expensive most models can usually will usually do it for around like 30 an hour is about the standard which is oh, pretty cool. decent even though yeah. they're only doing you know three four hours of modeling per day yeah yeah um and if you split it between the cost of the artist obviously the guys that are getting involved and it's it's no, you know, it's not huge. It usually, usually works out to around like for a decent crowd, maybe ten to twelve dollars a person. If we're going Canadian, I'm not sure how it would work out in pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no. I mean, definitely something I want to try and look into because again, um, the life drawn here is great because it obviously is life drawn. But the the more exciting stuff, I think, adds a bit of flair to your your normal drawn day. Um, I know my interest in it was sparked more when I saw uh, that guy Sammy Fraser. I told you about. He does the thing in New York called Day to Draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a similar thing. They get usually two guys, um, and they face off against each other in like a kind of classic comic book pose, and then the guys obviously draw the interpretation. Um, and then you just do whatever the hell you want with it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But they do cool things as well. Like they do prizes at the end. Like um, I think if you have some of the best sketches, you get featured on the website, and you get prizes, and you get other kind of stuff. You get like free pen sets and sketchbooks and sign stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's quite a good event. And um, yeah, I wish they would actually try and do it across here in the UK, but. Yeah, be, um, it, it's it's really really good practice if yeah. you can sort of balance off the like the more I'm not gonna say boring but traditional life drawing with stuff that's a little more interesting because it also yeah. like the drawings you get out of those kinds of sessions might not be as great but they're mm. I mean like obviously they're way better practice because you know if you're struggling 
stressing about it and there's more pressure, then you're going to learn a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, a <clears throat> couple more things that I've been doing. I've also, as, um, as you've seen, I've tried to been pushing more sort of social media stuff. I've been following Jake Parker for a while and some other people who are, you know, really, really big on Instagram, Facebook, yep. yada, yada. I want to kind of do or start to do or actually, no, continue doing what they've been doing and sort of build a social media presence. So I've been doing a lot more traditional drawing, Instagram, you know, yep. just putting it out there every couple of days, which is apparently what you should be doing. Like, rather than post a whole bunch of crap every couple of weeks, mm-hmm. try to keep it consistent, or at least they say try to keep it consistent. You know, post something every two or three days, maybe every day if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm just trying to push that. Uh, and I'm also, that's forcing me to get back into traditional drawing because, like, like, it's actually quite a bit harder for me to sit down and, like, do a digital drawing when yeah. I get home just because, like, I get home pretty late. And I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to get on the computer. So I just finish up something in my sketchbook that I drew in the train. Yeah. Just, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I know. Or set up a new sketch for the next day, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I know um, myself and one of my friends, Sarah, um, she actually just graduated illustration. And um, we set up a thing, like a 365 challenge where, we try to post something every single day, um, and I've been doing quite well with it. I've missed a day or two here or there, um, but I'm, rather than like stop, I've just kept going, just kept posting. So um, I've been trying to do a sketch every single day on my Instagram. Yeah. yeah, it puts a little bit of pressure on you, but yeah. at the same time, like it's good because if you can draw one thing every day, that's better than not drawing for a month and then drawing a whole bunch of shit over one day and then not drawing for a month again, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like even last year when I really got back into drawing a lot, it was because of the Inktober challenge. Mm-hmm. So obviously it was a drawing every day, an ink drawing every day for thirty days on October, um, and that that was that was something that Jay Parker came up with, which is pretty cool. Yep, obviously, and that meant that I was I was pushing that again, drawing every day, um, and I got me back into trying to study more. So, um, I um, Jake is uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I look at his Instagram feed sometimes, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> One thing I actually want to do is like when Inktober rolls back around, I want to just be like, I've been doing. Inktober for like five months, so this is nothing new, you know. Yep. And I'll also be in practice because one thing I'm still a little dissatisfied with is like, like digitally, I'm 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 sort of back back into it, you know. Like I'm not rusty anymore because I I stopped for a little bit after school because I was just completely burned out. But yeah. traditionally, I'm still actually not quite as sort of prolific, and I guess I just I I guess I'll just say good as I was a couple of years ago when I used to draw a ton traditionally, and then yeah. I stopped started doing digital stuff i was just like i'm never gonna draw on a sketchbook again and then i realized like this is sort of where i came from you know when i started four or five years ago like i gotta keep doing this because you know drawing in different mediums is super super important and it'll keep your skills sharp and this is something really really good to do because a lot of people don't draw traditionally anymore it's the numbers are dwindling so it's almost becoming kind of like a novelty yeah oh no definitely i mean there's guys who do some sketchbook stuff work and i'm always blown away at the quality and I really do think it's a balancing act. I really think you have to try and um, maintain both. I think you do have to have a, a good presence of being able to draw traditionally and digitally. You know, because obviously back in the day, before computers came about, you know, you only had to be able to draw on paper. And then as obviously art Photoshop, was just that. Like if yeah. were, there was no other option. I mean, there, there were there were different mediums in that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we'll get painting acrylics, oils, um, pastels, but. Um, I think with the digital age, you know, people are always coming across and saying that it's coming, you need to try and integrate it in your work. And, you know, I remember seeing an interview years ago with Jim Lee, one of the, the DC comic artists, and, you know, one of the oh, guys yeah. said, what's the scariest thing you can see coming into comics? And he was like, digital, you know, like it's it's something I've just never spent enough time on. You know, I've always drawn in pencil and ink. And 
I've just never given enough time yet, and you know, I'm trying to obviously make amends to you know do stuff now, but it's something I think more and more comic artists need to integrate into their daily life. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's digital, so I mean, and even like a guy that I follow on Instagram and, I, and I've seen him on Facebook um, and a couple of cons in America is Carrie Randolph. And oh he, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a super stylized look, and he traditionally blue pencils his his um, his art out on um um. Paper I'm just and Carrie yeah. Randolph Instagram. Yes, um, he pencils. No, out. not a yo- what yoga teacher? No, Carrie <laughs> Randolph art. God damn it. Um, yeah, he oh, looks- Kahari Randolph. Yeah. There you go. K H A R. Yeah. Um, but he uh, yeah he pencils this stuff and then scans it in and all his stuff's done and um, <clears throat> yeah, Photoshop like your coloring and your lettering and. All that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but I mean, he, but he he blends both. So he does his his blue pencils and then his uh, solid pencils on top of that, and then obviously he um, inks it in Photoshop and colors it. So yeah, but he has actually super- one of the other one of the other reasons I wanted to sort of get my traditional skills up to snuff is I'm actually going to be doing a convention this year. After all, I didn't think I was, but um, oh, cool. now uh, my friend Julius, uh, who I've done several conventions with before, I think three two fan expos and one toronto comic-con which is basically the same thing but smaller but he's actually going at it alone this year right. uh, just because he um uh, he's not currently working full-time so he has time to do a whole bunch of fan art make prints buttons whatever sort of just do what we were doing before but doing yeah. it alone except um he did he wasn't able to find a table buddy so he really is going at it alone right but um the table comes with two badges and over the particular weekend that uh, that fan expo is happening i'm actually um, I, I might be doing freelance work. In fact, I probably should be, but um, uh, he, he sort of needs someone to watch his table when he wants to wander around. And um, I was just like, I can just come and be your con buddy and you know pay for like a quarter of the table and just do commissions the whole time. So yeah, that's probably what I'm gonna be, what I'm going to be doing that weekend. So I'm kind of doing a convention, but not really. Cool. Right. I'll be making most of my money off of, um, of all of my money off of commissions, and I'll also obviously be helping him out. You know selling stuff and maybe wandering people wandering around <laughs> pushing people towards his table <laughs> i mean we've, we've we've both done pretty well in the past um he actually did quite a bit better at, at our last con uh than i did just because he had actually pushed his painting skills way farther than, than i had at the time right. so it'll be interesting to see just how far he's come because i haven't seen a heck of a lot of his most recent fan art stuff he's mostly been pushing his sort of industry uh, you know, like um, matte painting, digital painting kind of stuff. And I'm interested to see how those skills have translated back over to doing, you know, more fan arty kind of stuff. So it'll be really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, um, Carrie's a big hero of mine because he's, he's, his story is, is very similar to mine's and his art style is something that I've loved. And I think it's the kind of animation stylized stuff that I really dig. But he actually now has... Same moved, with me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's moved over to animation full time because... Um, He's just had, you know, it's, it's money as well. It's because, you know, he was, he was earning pennies in comics, but now in animation, he's earning five times as much money. And um, Yeah, five he, pennies as opposed to one. <laughs> yeah, that's it, totally. He's, he's a whole five pennies richer. Um, but, uh, but no, he he had a, a real struggle. You know, his life was talking about how he left college thinking he was going to be the next Jim Lee, uh, Todd McFarlane, and that didn't happen. And then uh, he was working a design job in some random art studio, and then he got uh, he got laid off, I think, when the internet kind of imploded after 9/11, and uh, then he was just basically working at a candy factory, putting labels in jars. Sure. Um, and then he got another kind of art-related job not too long after that, and then I think while he was at that job, he got offered to do um, a book called Spider Clan uh, for Marvel, 
Um, because one of the guys, Scotty Young, that he knew at the time couldn't do it. And he, he oh, re- yeah, Scotty Young. Nice. Yeah, he, he recommended Carrie, and uh, he was like, you know, I've got a full-time gig there now, I don't know when I could do it. But then, like, his friend sat him down, and he was like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> you've, wanted, <laughs> you've wanted the shot for so long, just do it. And he was like, ah, cool, I'll do it. And then, um, I think he'd done the book, he was doing it in between his day job, so at the night he would come home and pencil and do stuff, and then try and get like, a couple of sleep and go back to his job, and he was dying, basically, and he mm-hmm. said to his art director at the time, he's like, I just need a few solid days off, just moving like a full week just to get this book put to bed. Um, and then he done it, and that was his first kind of book. But, um, you know, he struggled for a lot of years, but, you know, he's he, he does some amazing drawing stuff. He's, his skills are incredible. Um, in fact, I think yeah. he, he done a lot of the art direction and a lot of the stuff for, it was a series, I'm trying to remember what it's called, it the Bondock Saints? Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, um, I think it's like an African American show. It was kind of kung fu mix cartoon, um, and I'm pretty sure. Was it the Boondocks or the Boondock Saints? Boon, Boondock Saints, maybe. I think. Yeah, it was a, okay, a definitely yeah. definite cartoon. But I think he also does some art direction for um, Afro Samurai as well. If you can remember that. Nice. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so obviously, because he's dabbled in animation in the past between comics, I think that's when the, the transition came. Um, but mm-hmm. he's obviously now firmly planted in, in animation because you know, the money's just great. And you can't really complain about that. And it's it's normal days, you know, you know working twenty, thirty hours in a week just on one page, it's you know, he's he's doing a normal nine to five now. You know I mean, so it's that's what he enjoys more. So normal nine to five and you're also getting paid like a like a steady paycheck. You don't have to worry about, you know, yeah, freelance money stuff, or not. Yeah, yeah. Commissions and stuff, so yeah, definitely. Oh my god, Darth Jabba. Holy shit, that's awesome. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm creeping his DeviantArt. Yeah, if you guys haven't noticed already, we're talking about Kyrie Randolph. Um, so if you can check the guy out, it's Kyrie. It's K-H-A-R-Y and uh, Randolph, uh, R-A-N-D-L-O-P-H. Yeah, I think it's right. Yeah, Randolph. So um, he's a DC comic artist, um, but um, his stuff is it's incredible. It's really, really good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Super stylized, super comic super awesome. Yeah, and actually, we're, we're off topic again, which is fine. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, but the last two things I wanted to mention was um, uh, I've also been playing a, a bunch of games myself. And I was actually thinking, like, um, back and forth here when I was doing my, uh, my, my thesis film, I actually uninstalled all the games on my, on my computer and just refused to, to play anything. A couple of times oh. I broke down and I did it. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, do I want to do that again now? And I was like, wait a minute, I'm out of school the pressure's like 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 um the pressure's not gone, but the pressure's off. And yeah. if I want to work in the games industry, I kind of still need to be playing games at least a little bit. And yeah, you know, just like finding a balance is good between between freelance stuff and commissions, of of which I'm getting quite a bit. I'll talk about that later. Yeah, but um yeah, like I think it's not actually a bad thing to play games. It's just no. finding that balance, which is uh you know which is hard. I actually know a lot of artists who who have pretty much sworn off games. Quite a few, actually, which is interesting, um, yeah. especially people who, who work in the games industry. But I think that, that that might just because, you know, they're a little bit older, mm. they played a lot of games, and they're just like, okay, you know, enough, cool. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I know what I'm playing. No, I mean, like, it's different because obviously games is a, is a stress relief tool, so it's, yeah. well, it's there to obviously, you know, release the endorphins, get you happy. Um, I think you've got to try and balance, like you said, balance. It's all about balance, so you're no 15 anymore, you're not sitting in your room, alone with a, a gamepad for hours at a time, you've got to try and play these things but in moderation. Um, and mm-hmm. But I think it's still good to obviously encompass those things into your, your daily routine because, not maybe daily, but into your routine because they do also, like film and books, feed your imagination. So, I mean, I know definitely 
walking around Tamriel and places in um, places like Skyrim, places like Witcher, um, these big vast places with all these people. It does feed your brain with ideas. Um, so much cooler than real life. <laughs> oh, man, I, know. I mean, even like the, the, the silliest thing, like I'm trying to write a comic just now, so I'm trying to write um, like a kind of horror comic. Um, and I'm trying to come up with ideas of, like how I'm going to base it. And I'm, I've roughly gone with vampires, but I'm still again, you know, thinking where it's going to go. But I watched an anime the other day, and I cannot remember the specific name, but it's something like Twin Exorcists, um, and it's about two people who meet, and they're both like exorcists in Japan, but they can go into the demon world and they fight demons. Mm-hmm. Um, even just watching one episode of that, I was like, holy shit, that's given me so many ideas for like where I could take my my book into like you know going into demon realms and fighting guys and. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, people always say like you know with your cartoons and stuff. It, there's a point you've got to try and take it out of your life. If you want to have a serious career, but I still think that stuff is great for feeding your imagination. Definitely, a hundred percent. So, and actually, game, one of the one of the reasons I was thinking, you know, maybe I want to in- uninstall all my games and focus yeah. like a hundred percent on you know commissions, full time work, or just studying and getting better. Yeah. Um, it was mostly due to just like this internal sort of like stress and worry and drive that was left over from school and like during school that was cool because that's that's what you have to do in school like study your freaking ass off but once you're out you know like you can kind of let those worries sort of slide yeah i've been listening to a lot of uh dale carnegie who um uh lived a very long time ago uh he wrote a bunch of books in like way back in the 1920s and 30s um if you've ever heard of uh um how to win friends and influence people probably his most famous book that's oh, yeah. Yeah, he also wrote a book on literally how not to worry. And so I've been listening to those audiobooks and I'm just like, wow, there's really no point in getting stressed about getting better because I know what's going to happen. Like within the next five years, I'm not going to be, you know, worrying about my skills that much as long as I keep going like I am. So like just enjoy life, play video games, you know, do lots of cool work. And yeah, like things are good. Yeah. I mean, it's like even um, simple stuff like training when you're training in the gym and stuff like that. You know, people always say the importance of having like not only your rest day, but your cheat day because you kind of just rob yourself at every basic human need. You know, you have to eventually try and reward yourself at some point. So, yeah, going out for a few drinks, going out, you know, in a club, in a bar, um, hanging We're with friends. We're wired to need things like that. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, like, even that, like, studying, and this is a huge thing, I think it's a topic among itself, but um, the thing I've not really uh, uh, coped with well enough, which is which is due to a lot of my anxiety stuff that I deal with, is that you're inside so much of the time and you're not amongst a lot of people, you're sitting studying by yourself with books or computers, and you're not really surrounded by people. Um, the idea is that a lot of people have kind of sensed that I haven't, is that you need to, as much as you can, get out and interact with people because you kind of become a social hermit if all you do is sit in and study. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, like, I mean, there's some guys, obviously, who have spent most of their life just studying, but there's got to be a balance of still being a human being. You know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's 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 probably a good way to lead into what we were going to talk about next, which is networking. Which is you oh know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you gotta be able to interact with people and not be a total dick, or at least yeah. not be super awkward and you know turn people off. I love that segue. It was brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Kind of awkward, but you know what? It works. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I mean, definitely. Um, so, if you guys don't know, our main topic of this week is uh, social media presence and networking. Um, it's gonna skip over the E3 stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I mean, there's probably plenty enough we could talk about this anyway. But um, yeah, we'll maybe we'll maybe pop into E3 um, next week. But um, you know, networking stuff. Uh, networking is a huge part of being an artist. Um, you know, there's you know, if you look at guys like Noah Bradley, who are obviously the more recent successes, he had kind of two rules, which was make good shit and show it to people. 
So, you know, a lot of people do the first thing and not the second thing. And that's the key ingredient to becoming better. Not because you're just showing people work, but because then that invites people to have feedback in your work, which obviously helps you grow as a person and an artist. Um, so when obviously, even like I'm going back five years now when I left my job, um, one of the first guys I emailed was a guy called Matt Gazer. Mm -hmm. Check him out, check it, mattgazer.com. Um, Matt is a, a huge artist. Um, he's worked in so many, so many jobs. A uh, fun fact, actually, his first job was doing backgrounds for Rugrats, the TV show. Ooh, nice. Way, way back in the day um, for the Russian company that run it. It was way back in the day. Uh, but then he's worked with guys like Lucas. Um, he's done Clone Wars. Um, he's done DreamWorks, Universal, um, Sony Pictures. He's done a lot of stuff. So... You know, I emailed them and I said, look, I'm a fan of your work, um, I've, you've, your stuff's really inspired me, I'm looking to leave my job and go into work in concept art, any advice, you know, it was quite a big email, um, and this kind of, is the thing as well about networking with people is, is basic human lessons is that don't be a dick, <laughs> be, <laughs> yeah, be polite, you know, obviously if you, if you know their work, try and mention it because they'll probably get so many generic emails, you know, if you say like, oh, you know, like I was like, oh, I really loved your stuff in Clone Wars, it was really inspiring, mm -hmm. um, especially the painting you done in Yoda, it was, it was great, um, you know, and then I, it was only maybe three or four months later, you know, but I was patient, and, and that's another thing with networking is patience, you know, people don't get back to you right away, don't... Don't send like 10 other emails being like, hey, sent you an email <laughs> like five years ago, what the hell, man? Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and eventually, you know, because I just sent him the one, you know, Matt just emailed me back and it was just, hey, Gordon, you know, thanks for emailing me. And he sent me a whole, a whole A4 page, maybe two, of Holy just, shit. yeah, just things to look out for when I leave my job, um, colleges to, that I should look at, artists I should look at, techniques to study, um, and I still speak to Matt to this day, and uh, he was the guy that I was gonna show your Star Wars stuff to. Ooh! Oh yeah, that's right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, did yeah. show me his stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um. So Matt, yeah, he's been a bit influence on my my career thus far. But um. But yeah, networking again is, and you know, I've got guys on my Facebook, and it's this isn't a, a sense of bragging, but just to explain, you know, I have guys on my Facebook now who are from ILM, who are from DreamWorks, who are from Sony Studios, 343 Industries. Um, a guy from Sony Santa Monica, just, you know, for example, and obviously, you know, I speak on and off on Messenger to guys like Titus Lunter, but that has come through a long time of being patient of adding one person and then, you know, getting advice off them and speaking to them and then talking away to them about art and then just on the odd occasion I would maybe try and add somebody else that I quite admired their work and then, and then eventually... You yeah, build. most of them are pretty open to, you know, as, as long as you're nice about it, to, like, you know, giving you advice, talking to you. I, I haven't really encountered an artist of that caliber yet who is just, like, a total, you know, not very nice person. Yeah. I mean, although definitely the, 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 the biggest person I think I've got on my Facebook today is still Scott Robertson. That's, that blew me away. <laughs> Meeting him a couple of weeks ago and then getting him on Facebook, it's, it's been crazy good. Um, mostly update pictures of him building his hot rod car, but, yeah, um... A great, great guy, really, really super polite. But you always find that at the top of the game, the guys at that level are super, super nice people. Um, mm. And they always talk about the main rule in being successful. And people who are successful always want to bring other people up with them. Uh, they always yeah. want to yeah, encourage people and mentor. And probably why a lot of artists and the, the successful ones always try to turn to teaching eventually. Because um, uh -huh. they want to pass back the things they've learned to other generations. And not only that, um, I, I don't know if I, if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I was um, uh, li uh, watching a lot of Ian McCaig, like his, you know, oh, his yeah. own interviews and stuff. 
but yeah, his his um his philosophy on teaching was is probably my favorite. And basically, what he says is like, like 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 the way you sort of know um, uh, what did he say? The way you um. Um, the way that you you can kind of confirm with yourself that you know what you're talking about is to teach it. Because if you can pass it on, then you you've actually sort of become an expert or mastered it, or that kind of thing. And it's it's your own way of sort of confirming that, like, yeah, I know what, I know what I'm doing, that kind of thing. Yeah, because obviously you can teach somebody else to do the same thing um, confidently. Yeah. yeah. Not mean, only I'm... that, but teaching different people how to do the same thing and having to sort of modify what you know and how you say it so other people can understand it. You know, coming from a whole bunch of different learning styles and that's that's sort of a really really good way to solidify what you know yourself. Yeah, I mean, and definitely when it comes to networking, you know, again, like we're saying, you know, these guys that we meet are are super super nice people, but at the end of the day, they are human beings. You know, they've got schedules, they have day jobs. Yeah. They're, and you know, especially with the successful guys, they're super, super busy with work. So, like we said, if you're gonna, if you're gonna email anybody, if you're gonna message anybody on Facebook, anything like that, politeness is is the key factor here. We cannot stress that enough. You just have to be patient and always, you know, thanks very much for getting back to me. It's great that you can email me. You know, just be nice because you know, because then they'll want to interact with you more. You know, it's yeah. And like, if someone doesn't get back to you, like you know in like two weeks, it doesn't mean that they don't like you or they hate you or they think that what you sent was like, you know, wrong or bad or whatever. It's yeah. just that they're super busy yeah. and like, you know, wait for it, forget about it. And maybe a month or two, if you get a reply back, you'll be like, oh, cool. Yeah, yada, yada. Exactly like what you're talking about. Yeah. And obviously it's, you've got to structure, especially if you're emailing people, if you're just mentioning people on Facebook to try and add them sometimes, people are always a bit wary because a lot of artists use their Facebook as a personal outlet as well. So they don't want to mix that with people who are, you know, fans or, or, or you know, into their work. But, if you're emailing people, like I say, try and make it as kind of concise as you can. If you're asking, you know, don't just email like, hi, how are you doing? Like, if you're looking for specific, specific feedback on a, a piece or a technique that you're trying to accomplish that maybe they're an expert in, or even just, you know, that you're looking for maybe some general advice on a specific topic, that's what I'm saying. Make it specific. You know, when I left and I emailed Matt initially, one of my first emails I sent to a creator, I was like, you know, going forward into school, what should I be looking for to learn? You know what kind of artist should I kind of study that would be a good influence for the style I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, when you're emailing people, you want to try and be as specific as possible to what you want them to help with because they're not just probably going to email you back straight away if it's just like "How are you doing?" or "Do you fancy anime on Facebook?" If it's they like, have no reason to because they're like, "Okay, what do I even say to this person?" You know? Yeah, yeah, and they'll probably get you know some of the bigger guys, especially guys like Scott or you know Matt, they'll have emails every day with guys asking for advice. So. The more interesting it is to read, the more more enthusiastic they're going to be about emailing you back. So, yeah. I mean, even like, you know, Colin could probably talk about, you know, a, a great thing I think would be to cover in this would your interactions with George leading up to you getting employed. I mean, that must have been a networking process for you, like meeting them at first and showing them your mm-hmm. work. So, yeah. Yeah, talk. like it was, it was, um, it was honestly the first time that anything like that had really happened. Like I talked to, you know, big, awesome artists or people who own studios before or people that I really looked up to. But with him, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> George has got this really, really good way of like, like I, I, I would not be surprised if he's read Dale Carnegie or at least knows <laughs> those sort of like, you know, people skills that you yeah. actually have to pick up and research and study yourself. But yeah. um, it was it was interesting how fast he um, he basically got my respect and he he made me want to work for him yeah. because like like he understood who I was and what I wanted to do and like some of those things didn't actually align with what his studio puts out but he also had stuff that I you know that I would really really be interested in doing so basically 
you know, like what our sort of unofficial deal was, was, you know, I'd work on stuff that the studio was putting out, which is a ton of fun. And, you know, like I'm learning a lot, which is which is the boards. I might actually um, maybe be transitioning into full storyboards, but also with the uh, with the development stuff that he's having me do. It's like it's like Star Wars concept art. Like it's exactly what I want to be doing. It's all drawing right now. No painting so far, but mm. like I'm basically able to draw exactly what I want to draw. Like I can't say what it is, mm. but it's it's cool. It's it's exactly what, I, you know, like it's it's up my alley. Like everyone yeah. I tell about it that I can tell about it, they're like, huh, well, looks like you pretty much ended up in the exact same place that you needed to. And I was just like, I know, right? So, yeah. You get George paid is, to do it. So. Is a really, really good. Yeah, getting yeah. paid to do it. But he's a really, really good guy to learn from because he's like, you know, one of the masters of networking. You know, like he's got to talk to all these different clients and people of his studio because it's a boutique studio. They um, they take on, um, you know, about half of their work is, is taken on from other studios. Yeah. Um, and they also obviously pitch their own shows, which um, I believe that's how the, the show that they're working on now came, came, came around. They... Uh, right. Pitched it to someone, got a whole bunch of money for it. Now they're doing it, so it's original. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like he's got to talk to a lot of people. He's got to get people excited about what he's you know what he's plan what what he's planning on what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like he's he's a really really good guy to learn from. So how did they? How did you initially meet George? Did he attend an event, or did you email him, or did anything like um, that? So basically, what happened is um, uh, I knew of 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 his studio, but I didn't know of him himself. And he's actually a pretty big figure in the Toronto animation gaming industry. So like a lot of people know about him. Because I was so sort of like under a rock at school, I didn't. Yeah. Um, but he, he actually came to Sheridan uh, to do a lecture on sort of the different types of studios in Toronto, being small, big, you know, like corporate boutique, that kind of thing, comparing his studio to places like Chorus or Nelvana mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. And then he did portfolio reviews after. Um, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last podcast, but yeah, basically um, afterwards he was doing portfolio reviews and a couple of his former interns were in the room as well. And they're all like, Colin, show George your film. And I was just like, all right, cool, whatever. So I showed George my film, which is about 95-ish percent done, so pretty much there. Yeah. And um, he watched it, and he was just like, okay, um, how many people were working on this? And I was just like, uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a solo film project, George. I'm in fourth year. <laughs> and um, he was just like, oh, cool, all right, awesome. Um, and he, um, he watched it again. Uh, made a couple of comments. I gave him a business card, and I, I was just like, "Okay, cool." You know, like awesome guy. Learned a lot from him. Yeah. Next day, he gives me a phone call, and I was just like, "Oh shit! Oh my god!" <laughs> and he's just like, "Hey, you want a job?" And I was just like, "Oh uh, shit!" <laughs> uh, yes, that's yeah. Um, um, I, I will have. I, I, I did tell him that I was going to have to hold off for a little bit because um, industry day hadn't happened yet. I hadn't right. sort of gotten all my offers in, and I did actually get you know, quite a few really, really awesome offers, like one for Behavior Interactive in Montreal. Oh, cool. They've worked on, like, Halo 4, Far Cry 3, all that shit. Nice. They're, I think they're working with Cloud Imperium on uh, Star Citizen right now, and that's actually one of the things they wanted me to do because of all the sci-fi spaceship stuff ah, in right. my, my portfolio and in my film. Yep. But at the end of the day, George's offer was the best because I figured that, like, you know, rather than going off to Montreal, I can stay in Toronto and learn a hell of a lot more from him right off the bat and obviously from everyone else at the studio it was just like it was it was the perfect offer yeah so yeah for now for from for for the remainder of my contract there and possibly for a second one if that if that if that happens like i'll be i'll be learning a shit ton getting a lot better like i don't really have to worry right now yeah it's all because i ran into him and somehow navigated that networking field pretty well i guess (laughs) yeah and i mean again that's a good thing for you as well because it's it's no as much pressure, like you said, moving so far away just after graduating and, you know, you're still kind of fresh out of the gate and you want to try and still find your feet in the industry and, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, George living in, is living in a city that I've that I actually know pretty well. I was born there. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's really not. I mean, obviously it's a little bit stressful, but mm. it's not nearly as stressful as you know going to the states where yeah. everything is on fire or going across overseas <laughs> where everything is soon to be on fire. You know, like <laughs> stay at home. You know, where you're familiar, where yeah. you've been before, where a lot of your friends are. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, uh, of course they're still building that wall in Canada, a separate Canada and America. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's um, or at least they should. Yeah. So, I mean, like, even with, with George, obviously, you know, him phoning you straight away, I mean, with interactions you've had with other artists, even in the studio, um, have you found there's a, a, a mentality you've had to adapt to talk to people? Or is it just like, are you just being yourself? Is that the kind of thing? Or Actually, in the studio, it was interesting. Because I'm not working on any of the... Um, uh, actually, for the first six, seven weeks, I wasn't on any of the actual production teams. But now that I'm sort of... Like I'm sort of in the um, the storyboarding section, I guess. Even though I'm not in the same building as them right now, because obviously the studios spread out over three buildings. But um, yeah. uh, I'm I'm sort of meeting a lot more people. And for the first for the first month or few weeks, I was pretty much lone wolfing it. You know, just kind of kind of getting a feel for what's going on. Not really talking to a heck of a lot of people. Obviously, I'm being polite, nice, yeah. saying hi to yeah. everybody. You know, striking up small conversations. But I didn't really know anybody well. But it was weird. About a week ago, all of a sudden, it's just like the dam burst, and I just met a bunch of people. Everyone's really nice. You know, great studio mentality that I hadn't really noticed before, but I, it was mostly just because I was integrating. You know, like I just, I did, I never worked in a big studio before, didn't really know what to expect. I was just like, okay, uh, you know, kind of weird, but all yeah. of a sudden, things just sort of start to work, and you just, and, and one of the things you got to really, really watch is, you, you can't shoot yourself in the foot while you're going through that stage of transition. So the best thing to do, honestly, is just keep your head down. Don't try to, you know, don't, don't be, a, don't be a, like a major negative, but also don't strive to be like a major positive because chances are if you try to go for that, this is, this is going back to um, uh, what Chris Hadfield was saying about being a plus one or a minus one. It's better to shoot for zero yeah. because then like, like you're, you're, um, you're not risking um, how do I, how do I want to say this? I don't want to misquote the guy. Um, you're, you're, you're basically not risking screwing up yeah. by trying to get ahead really, really fast. Just like, you know, be, be there, be present, but don't try to try to stretch too far too fast. Things yeah. will eventually work out. And if you're good and you work hard and people, people will start to notice and people do, and you know, you'll start to make friends. So yeah. that's, I, that's, that's a really, really good way of going about it. And I mean, for the first couple of weeks, it's going to be awkward. You know, like I've, I've, I, um, integrated into uh you know two workplaces now and well, my internship in this one and yeah it takes about a month maybe two and then things are you know things will work out yeah definitely and i mean i think the thing that has probably pushed me on even though my art isn't great you know well not at the stage i'm obviously wanting it to be but everybody i speak to who is an industry professional who has dealt with a lot of people like me always tell me one kind of universal thing which is great which is Although I don't have the talent yet, I have the right attitude, which is a great thing for me because... Do you remember what I said about talent? It's not talent, it's... No, no, that, that's it, yeah. <laughs> well, this is, how they, this is how they phrase it, Colin, so... Um, no, but I know what they mean, yeah, obviously, your talent is, is your hard work, yeah. It's, it's the exactly. time on task, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but, they, but they were saying, obviously, you know, although my art isn't where I want it to be yet, I do have the mentality that is Absolutely. So, sought for this kind of industry, which is very polite, always keen to learn, listens to feedback, integrates work, what they say into your work. And so. it's clear that you're working hard and you actually want to get somewhere. It's not like you're just, you know, 
Like, it's, it's not like you don't, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, like, well, this is kind of... It's two kind of stroke for me. One is, it's my dream. Two is, you know, if I don't make it at this career, it's like five years wasted. You know, I left a good paid job, a, a really good job, to go back and be an artist, which is, mm-hmm. at the moment, not a lot of money. So, because obviously I'm at the stage where I'm still learning, so I don't have any kind of like full-time gig yet with a lot of cash. Um, yeah. So, to give up all those things to go back, I mean, didn't get me wrong, I think even if I'd done this in this career and failed, which I'm not going to, um, but if it did happen, <laughs> I would still have my, not only my diploma in the graphic design, I'd have my honours degree in 3D animation, so I probably could find a decently well-paid job with just my degree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but no, the, the goal is to, to definitely be, and I read an article by a guy called Titus Lunter um, of Magic fame and Ubisoft, he actually put a whole article, a whole blog, actually, of how, like, you have to have the idea behind concept that, well, this is specific to concept art, but I, I think it applies to a lot of things as well, is that you have to be prepared to miss a lot of opportunities and events, like birthdays and going out and stuff, because concept especially is a job that involves you learning nearly every single day, you know, whether it be mm-hmm. a painting technique or even just history in general or how the world was Research, formed. reference, that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, loads of stuff. It's it's just such an involved job because you have to really adopt the right mindset and people look at the concept art and games and books and think, I could do that, I could paint a fancy picture, but people didn't, <laughs> I know, people didn't realise... so much more than that. so much stuff goes in behind. Like, if you're painting even stuff like, like, like God of War, for instance, like, not even thinking about the Nordic face it, but when they done the ancient Greek thing, I mean, obviously it was embellished a bit because, you know, gods didn't really come down from the heavens and spew lava, but, you know, the... the it's got to be grounded in some kind of reality, something that's come before, so people can buy into it. I mean, like, the one example I would say, and it's a great example, is when I was doing my Chase environment study, it was about um, the um, Corinthian-style um, plateaus and columns that they made within the Greek stru- structures, mm-hmm. and, yeah. how, and how every column was individually different and depending on how it was flourished or embellished or built it meant a different type of like social standing like a lot of the richer people had the more embellished Corinthian style columns that were like you know they had the leaves at the top and they had the, the turn twists at the top and they had they had um they had uh I'm trying to think a base which was called as a, a cliff or something like that mm-hmm. but yeah yeah but all this kind of stuff that would obviously when you paint it in people just think oh that's a column but when the guy would paint it you know you know, he would say, oh, well, it has to be this type of column because it's part of the Zeus temple, so it has to be the, the most elaborate and most embellished columns. Um, I mean, even stuff like going way back, watching... If you've never watched it on YouTube, go and watch it. It's the, the making of The Last of Us, um, yeah. Naughty Dog. One of the painters was talking about... He was painting a scene, right? Because he's read this book called The World of Thousands, which is a great book. And um, he talks about how this... And in the snow scene at the bottom of this tree, he's left a little space where there isn't any snow at the base of the tree. Because if you read into, like, well, the kind of chemistry and biology of how a tree's made up, at the bottom of the tree where the roots are, it, it produces the most energy. So at the bottom of every tree, there would be a small gathering where there wouldn't be snow because the tree has melted it with its energy. So, like, that's the level of thinking going into a painting for a video game. You yeah. know what I mean? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the, that's the level you need to get to when you're mm-hmm. painting that kind of stuff. You know, most people would just paint trees and snow, but he was like, oh no, well, trees actually produce energy at their base, so there wouldn't be snow there. So, <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, the, um, like, I, I think one of the biggest things about illustration or concept art is when you're, when you're a real, like, big-time working professional, you can't be worrying about technique so much. You pretty much have to have that down and mastered because 
you know, you, you have to be putting stuff out that's consistently good that an art director can then show to, you know, like a client or someone who's funding the project and be like, bam, this is it. And they're like, no, I want this idea. Then they give the thing back to you and you can't be worrying about technique when you're revising it and putting in all that additional research yep. and, you know, like researching architecture. Then you give it back to them. They're like, no, something else. And then like you have like an hour or two to get it back, you know, do something completely different or revise the painting again. And you, you just... Like, like you got to be at that level where you can't be worrying about technique. It's got to sort of already be there. Yeah, and again, this kind of folds back in. You know, although it was drifted a bit, but it does fold back in networking when you're asking people about work for your paintings. You know, the guys who will probably look at your stuff. You know, I mean, one time when I started drawing a forest scene, I know somebody had said to me, you know, you know, look at your trees. You know, I would really encourage you, Gordon, to go out and like sit physically at a tree and draw a million times till you know what <laughs> trees look like. You know, your trees are cool just now, but basically they're just lines with lines coming out of them. You know, there's nothing that tells me this root is connected to a tree and feeds into the bottom of the tree, which is then forms other roots. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much you need to take in with how leaves are formed on branches and how the leaves interact with sun and how light actually passes through, like, the gaps in the leaves. and Yeah. The, the, just the higher level. And that's what I'm saying. When people feed back to you, you're going to want to be addressing specific things that they'll probably say, you know, you know, I've noticed in a lot of your paintings when you paint, you use this type of colour scheme or use a lot of warm colours and do you find that your palettes, because of this stuff, you pay attention in life and they may be like, oh yeah, well actually, when I go out and take pictures, I usually paint more at sunset than sunrise or there's mm-hmm. more warmer than lighter, warmer than cooler colours. Um, so again, that's the thing with networking is, is, is trying to encompass all your work and then feedback from people and then and obviously integrate that feedback into your work and then like that's what helps you grow makes you a better artist so yeah and even i mean social media it's a huge thing now i mean there is um excuse me there's so many um outlets like the grind like um like level up where you know you can just put one picture out and you can instantly get like maybe 20 30 artists immediately you know saying well composition wise you can move this here or you can move this there mm-hmm. i mean i mean obviously me and colin we initially met or communicated through um one of the one of the websites one of the one of the facebook groups and you know this is obviously now this relationship we've built together as as working professionals you know colin will help me with my work if i need it or i can obviously help him with some things to, to meet people but that's the thing with networking and it's the, the unlikeliest of things you know people always we're these... stronger together <laughs> yeah definitely and uh, people look at these groups thinking sometimes they're a waste of time you know look these guys are rank amateurs what do they know about art but you know and i look at these groups there is you know uh, the guy you know the guy Derek i spoke about earlier who done the witcher painting mm-hmm. he was one of the co-founders of level up um, yeah so i mean and he they've all the... kind of moved on but for a while they were they were really really going at it they oh were yeah making, making it a big thing and i mean that's what i'm saying that kind of stuff you know stuff like level up is huge because not only do you get the opportunity to feed back to so many people so quickly they also have huge interviews with big artists you know they've interviewed Noah and they've interviewed titus and a ton of other people um and it's great because for the first time in many you know a millennia people can sit and look at guys they you know, individually inspired to be like and listen to them talk about their career, their art techniques, what brushes they use, how they build a painting. Um, I mean, I know Level Up used to do a thing where they would get the guy, um, is it Circa, um, one of the guys who came on, and uh, he basically, yeah. he done a live painting. So you got to watch start to finish how he painted, you know, all the way through. Um, which and is a lot like, of people take this stuff for granted now, but like, you just got to kind of sit there and consider like, holy shit. Yeah. Like this is, this is the, the, like, even 10 years ago this this wasn't a thing yeah and you know like speed painting on on youtube is obviously you know like it's it's something that people really do take for granted and yeah you know like it was a it 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know how people did it 10 years ago. They just sat down and painted themselves, but it's yeah. so much easier now. And there's so many resources out there. Like it's, it's almost like, you know, if, if you want to get good, the resources are there and you pretty much just have to put the time in. Like, like there's, there's no excuse now, you, you know, yeah. like, like you can get good. And yeah. as long as you put the time in, you know, like it's going to happen. I mean, even, you know, people used to be limited to just what their lecturers told them or what they would get from books. But mm -hmm. now there is, you can YouTube Noah Bradley and you can sit and watch him talk about painting for hours. Like and the you, guy can, you, you, can, you can pick and choose, you know, what you want to listen to. Like if you don't like, for, like if, for example, if for some reason, some crazy insane reason you don't like <laughs> Noah Bradley, yeah. you could just switch over to someone else who you do like or you do sort of, you know, agree with the opinions of that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, even like, I mean, guys like Noah and, and, and every other artist now has stuff like, um, you know, some have a Tumblr, some have an Instagram, some have a personalised Facebook page just for their art. And you can go in and you can grab one of their art pieces, you can sit and stare at it for three hours, you can actually pick it off the internet, put it in Photoshop and try to copy it. You can do studies that way. I mean, there's so much stuff that is just sitting at, literally at your fingertips um, that will help you improve. And of course, you know, when we talk about building a social media presence, it's the same thing, you know. If you want some feedback on your work, make an Instagram, take pictures, yeah. of, take pictures of your paintings, put them up, tag them, and then people will look at them and comment on them. Mm -hmm. um, the same with Facebook, you know, make a Facebook page for yourself. Or if you're not confident enough to make your stuff solo, post your stuff on Facebook groups and get feedback. Um, mm -hmm. That's the best way to do it. It's how we've all learned. I mean, I'm sure Colin at one time would have posted something online and waited for people to say, that's great, man, but you should move the staircase to the left instead of the right. And Yeah, that was me. That was me two years ago. Summer after second year, like every day, posting something in Level Up. And most of it was pretty bad. In fact, I would say close to all of it was pretty bad. But <laughs> that was sort of when I really got, like I'd been in school for two years already, but that was when I consider my real start to be because that's when I really started to take it seriously. Yeah, definitely. And that's the same for me. And obviously with the summer and the second year, um, I'm sitting most days doing tutorials or drawing or painting um, to try and, you know, get my, my artistry up as, as, as much as I can, you know, and mm. I'm, st I'm still at a level, obviously, where I'm, I'm, I'm not as happy as, as I could be with my stuff, but I've probably been more reserved online now, I'm not posting really every single painting I'm doing online, I'm pretty much just doing studies just for me at the moment, and then yeah. if I'm doing a solo project or I'm doing a painting, I'm not immediately, you know, I've spent like three hours on it just posting it up, I'm trying to push it further, try and take it to that finished kind of mm -hmm. standard, um, which I think is, a, that's a huge topic in itself is finishing a painting, but um, but yeah, I mean, because obviously, uh, again, going back to Noah here, but he talks about how you should try and not get attached to every single piece you make, um, you know, do like... Because there's a thousand more that are coming afterwards, yeah. as long as you actually keep at it. <laughs> do, do like six or seven paintings at least, and then look among those so six and seven and go... Oh, right okay well that one has the most potential i'll try and post that and see what that gets um because mm -hmm. obviously once you do one painting and you do a, a second and a third or, you know by painting seven you'll maybe want to paste paste um post painting seven because that's the one you've spent the most time or you're the one you've used more techniques to make it more rounded uh, and more finished so yeah mm -hmm. definitely Social media, guys, is a huge thing. Um, it is changing. Like, a lot of the different sites are, you know, like, they're putting in different algorithms or, you know, like, they're sort of, they're, um, they're doing things differently than they did even five years ago. And that's, yeah. that's another thing to keep in mind. But overall, it's still a really, really good tool. And, like, sometimes I get frustrated with it. But, you know, it just, it just takes time and it takes consistency. Like, consistency is big, you know? Yeah. Like, like, like even, even posting every week is kind of dangerous because if your fans start to fall off, yeah. then 
you know, they're, they're just not going to see your stuff when you, when you start posting it again. So I think with the new algorithms that a lot of the sites are using, like Facebook, Instagram, whatever, mm-hmm. consistency is big. Every two to three days, I think, should be, a st- like, you know, mandatory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, every day is ideal. Um, once a week is probably no great. So somewhere in the middle, like Colin says, is, is the happy medium, anyway. Yeah. The, the place you should really should look to be. Um, especially, I mean, like, a thing as well I think we'll cover just before we wrap up is... Um, with social media, there's a thing, not only just in social media, but as just an artist in general, you really need to develop, because um, as a huge mentality going into this industry, is developing a thick skin. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because, as Colin will probably tell you, no, every comment you get will be positive. Um, no, it not, even, not even not positive. Sometimes even, even negative comments can help you, but a lot of the comments you get are just going to be dumb. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> not helpful. Like cool painting, bro. Needs more dragons and shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's kind of. I mean, people. I mean, especially when you're crossing across, like stuff like Instagram and Facebook. Everybody has that. You know, art station upon itself. <sighs> art station. That's a, that's a whole topic for itself. But I think st- I think art station's a bit more of like it's definitely more of a professional battleground. Yeah. But yeah. there's also there's also things with it that I'm. You know, like I like it a lot, a lot more than a lot of other mediums. But there's also things about it that I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Right, Honestly, I, mean, I can't hate on ArtStation too much because I've gotten three free, freelance clients from there so far just yeah. from having my stuff on there. Like, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing with ArtStation now even is, it's, like, DeviantArt was years ago and still is, is that anybody can have an account. So mm-hmm. they, don't, can, they don't vet you anymore. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I think back when I, when I got on ArtStation, I actually had to be, I don't know if, I don't know if it was invited, but it was, it was the beta, so I, they weren't yeah. letting just anybody in back then. Yeah, I mean, definitely, when the guys built it, it was it was a very early adoption. Only professionals could be in it. But now, obviously, like which, most... Which thing- kind of begs the question, how the hell did I get in? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, thick skin because, you know, I mean, like, we'll, we'll cross all barriers here because we're discussing it openly, but you, you'll go from people saying, your work is great, your work is inspiring, I want to be like you, to... It's an alright painting. To this is shit. To this is just fucking kill yourself. So like, and that's not helpful. Nah, no. <laughs> that's the that's the way gambit. I mean, like, and don't get me wrong. We're not trying to put you off here, but I think even thick skin comes into simple stuff like because, I mean, no, for me personally, when I sent my first couple of paintings to Matt, you know, he was like, you know, which is great because he's a professional. He knows how to word it. He was like, these are great. However, what you could be doing better is, and you know, at the time when I painted in my local area of you know, where I, where I live just now in my town, mm-hmm. I was the greatest painter there. Um, but then, you know, when I hadn't opened my eyes and seen what was online and other people, you know, when people start going, oh, well, you know, this is great, but, you know, you really could have done this and you really could have, you're kind of like, oh, oh, well, I thought it was pretty good. But then you still have to develop and say, like, you know, Matt isn't criticising that I am terrible. He's it's like... not personal. Yeah. He, yeah, and that's actually a really, really good way of sort of thinking about or giving feedback, like never make it personal about the person. Like just yeah. because they did something that might not be as good as everything else out there, it's not that they're a bad person or they're worthless or anything like that. It's yeah. just that, you know, you they're don't learning. have the time on task yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, guys show me stuff at conventions or people email me stuff that they've done. And, you know, I was in their shoes only a couple of years ago. And, you know, I'm always like, this is great, you know, but on your next one. It's great because you're doing it. It's just like going out and working out. Like even if you go out and work out for 20 minutes, it's better than not doing anything, you know. Oh shit! Same yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, example the other day, I was in the gym and uh, you know I was struggling to do some particular weight set from a bit from a bench press, and the guy was like, "Do you want me to spot you?" I was kind of like, I'd never you know spoke to a guy at the gym. I was like, "Ah, cool, you can help me." And then he was like, "You know, when you lift, you want to maybe try and you know turn your arm this just a wee bit, or you want to cross your grip or make it a wee bit wider." And then at the time, you you know, most people would be like get away from me don't talk to me <laughs> but at the same time i was like i was like but if uh, the guy is super jacked he clearly knows what he's talking about yeah. so yeah maybe maybe his advice will be good yeah so the same with guys who are working for sony who are working for all these big studios if they're saying your work is great but do this or look at this or study the like study your like the things guys when i started were like study your foundations more look at perspective look at your lighting um you know it's like you don't have to go at them oh well you know fact you guys you don't know anything they do and they're telling you stuff to make there's you a, a reason artist. that they're there <laughs> yeah definitely i went through the exact same thing that you did just a you know potentially even a little while ago there was a thing that um uh ian mckeg was saying he was just like yeah there's people out there who are like 23 24 to like 30 who are painting like they're 40 or 50 like they have 10 more years of experience and that yeah. goes back to the whole digital art thing digital age thing where you can learn 20 years of experience yeah. a couple of years that kind of thing yeah. maybe not a couple of years but close yeah and it also builds you a thing as well which is good because if you want to get into the industry eventually one day you're going to meet somebody called an ad or as we call them art directors and yep their whole job is to look at your paintings and decide if they're good enough or not. You know what I mean, so if they give you... And if not, tell you exactly how you can get good enough so then they can hire you and actually get someone on their project because that's, that's their bottom line. Yeah, and I mean, they haven't got time to waste on guys who can't listen to feedback or can't take advice on board because that's mm -hmm. a huge thing. You know, even guys, you know, Colin, you know, to, to other people who aren't at your level, you know, people will look at Colin and go your stuff's incredible but then Colin say well it is but then I still want to do and it's the same thing because now Colin's talking to George who is of course George um, he's giving Colin feedback and Colin's not going well fuck you my stuff's awesome and other people think so he's going oh that's great George thanks for your feedback I'll take going downstairs I'm doing it and then I'm showing him like a you know a, either like a couple hours to a day later he's like okay you actually implemented my advice cool now do this thing and yeah. I'm like okay cool and I go off and do that thing yeah, and it's, it's basically like being a sponge. I mean, like, the thing is, you know, going into this job, Colin will be taking every single drop of advice George is dishing out, you know. Not just George, everybody around me, but yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, every because you know, obviously at this point in the studio, probably most people in the studio are a lot more experienced than Colin. So he mm -hmm. will then feed off that like a sponge to try and encompass as much learning as he can so he can then take that to his next career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is important. or just like if I move up in the company itself, and I can move move it to a slightly more senior position. Or again, if I don't stay beyond my first contract, then yeah, to another studio. You yeah. know, like it's it it um even even if even if for example I'm working in TV animation right now, um even if I move to a game studio, all that all that studio experience still applies, and I can oh, yeah. the next studio that I that I integrate into. It might happen a little bit faster. I might know a little bit more about networking with people, which I'm pretty sure, you know, yeah. after after all that I've learned so far, yeah. I think it'll be a little bit easier at the least. Yeah, I mean, like even people, you know, I was somebody was talking one time, but he wasn't working working animation at the time because he was wanting to focus on games and he wasn't going to get stuck doing storyboards. And I was like, but dude, game studios still have storyboards. You know, they still have. Have you seen all those Blizzard cinematics? They had to board all those cinematics, and the boards, like, they're so good. And yeah. that, the, where you learn that is doing, like, I, that, and that's actually one of the reasons why I really, really love doing TV storyboards. Because, like, yeah, they're cartoony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, um, um, they're blocked and composed specifically mm -hmm. for Flash animation, which is rigged. Yeah. So, like, like, the staging is very, very straight on. 
um, you know, yada, yada. But like learning how to do that, learning how to block and, you know, compose those kinds of shots, mm -hmm. that's step one. You can't go, you know, like you, um, you, you, you can't sprint before you run yeah. or even walk. And this is like walking to running level. Yeah. Doing doing something for like Blizzard, you know, all that storyboarding stuff. That's like sprinting or you know running a marathon, that kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. you got to start somewhere. You got to learn somewhere, and that's why I'm I'm loving this right now because like I'm picking up so many tips from these people. How to make a shot more, I don't know, distinct or clear or no, like 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 for example, you can't have three characters acting all crazy, you know, doing gags in this in the, in the same panel because like no one's gonna know what to look at. It's all you know focus and stuff, eye direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you like, know, like it's, it's it's basic cinematography and. You know, if you don't want to learn cinematography, you're in the wrong fucking career. Like, exactly. <laughs> you, can't do, you can't do an illustrative or even like a concept art type painting without knowing all that crazy cinematography stuff because it's 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 basic, it's basic basic everything. Yeah, I mean, you look at most big pieces of concept art now. It's usually a guy or a girl standing on the edge of a cliff, looking over a city, looking over a mountain range. Those same they shots usually have a red scarf and or a stick. Yeah, and like you'll see those shots replicated in a movie every time because it's basic cinematography. It's an establishing shot. That's what background, people are painting. Background, you know, you yeah. have to push your scene before you go into the building because if you just start in the building, unless that was your intention in the beginning, the audience isn't going to know what the hell's going on. You know, yeah. you establish the scene first, and you learn that by going to you know, like like if you want to start somewhere, start in a TV animation studio because they're going to teach you all that stuff. And even if they're not teaching you it, you're just going to pick it up by osmosis when you're learning. Yeah, oh, definitely. That's the other thing I really like about George. He's like, okay, you know what? Rather than sitting down and teaching you all this stuff over two weeks, mm. we're just going to throw you right into this shit and you can handle it. And I was just like, can oh. I? And he was just like, yes, <laughs> yes, you can. But that's the thing as well is that even working in animation is... is it's a key component that works through every painting as well, and it's, it's storytelling. You know, every single painting you will make will be Hell so yes. much more interesting if you're telling a story while you're doing it. You know what I mean? That's and, why uh, you got to be thinking so much, because you got to be thinking, like, what is the story of this scene? And not only what is it, but how do I get that across in the clearest way possible? Yeah. Unless your intention is to make it really, really jumbled and not so clear. Yeah, I mean, like, a perfect example is the Star Wars piece you've done for the ILM challenge. I mean, you didn't get to submit it, obviously, but, you know, it was, you know, I'm trying to think of the story. But, yeah, it was the guys who were on break. You know, the rebels were on break. Mm. They, were, they were sitting, and you had to, you know, convey in that painting, yeah, they're on break. They're sitting, they're laughing, they're having a goof. There's two guys in the middle having a wee joke about an at, -at that's just fell over. Um, but there's a whole range across that entire painting. There's a drunk guy, like, you know, climbing up <laughs> one of the X-Wing engines. Yeah, I actually had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, um, but no, I mean, that's that's storytelling. You know, you could have just painted a, a scene with a couple of barrels and a hangar and a, and a ship, but you were like, you know, I want to fill this full of people. And not only just people, people laughing, people drunk, people falling over. Um, and that's, that's the game. Stormtrooper and an Imperial officer captured by the rebels, but the rebels aren't treating them, you know, like total not human, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, and, and this is the stuff you learn by just opening your mind and just listening and being patient and... Yeah, just again, basic life lessons. Don't be a dick. So, <laughs> Don't no, be a dick. dick. That's like that should oh. that, that should be in them. We should just rewrite the Ten Commandments and make yeah. them all. Don't <laughs> that, be a dick. They shall not be a dick. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, but I mean, it, it's just it sounds like the most basic of knowledge that people would just go into the industry with anyway. But you know, I've heard so many stories from art directors and guys in the industry who have took on people who 
just have the wrong way of thinking and mm -hmm. within a and, couple and it's not even that they're bad people or that yeah. they are dicks it's just they haven't put the thought in and they're like oh wait actually i have to act like a professional and like it it it, it sounds like you just take it for granted and you know yeah. just like think about it by default but it's actually a mentality and a skill you have to pick up and you have to learn yeah i mean one of the guys i know that works at an animation should do for the a you know they got an intern guy in and they were doing a storyboarding session and you know he was also just meant to be sitting there taking notes and learning, but you know he had an idea for a scene composite of like how they would work the camera, and then one of the 3D guys immediately was like, "Well, you can't do that because the way we composite the camera, it'll move through something and it'll clip." Mm -hmm. And he was like, "You know," and and just by saying that simple thing where he thought he was helping with no a great amount of knowledge and no listening to everybody around him, he then <laughs> to everybody seemed like an idiot. So mm -hmm. you that's know, why going back to what Chris Hadfield said in his book aim to be a zero when you're, yeah. when you're first integrating into a into a setting into a studio it's better to just sit back observe keep your head down it's not actually a bad thing because eventually people are just going to get interested in you they're going to be like who the hell is this guy over here doing this you know cool looking stuff i don't know him i'm going to go talk to him you know that yeah. kind of thing or her being all you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no but definitely i mean like if people are seeing your work and, and you're there for long enough eventually you know if you know colin's in a meeting george will probably go colin what do you think? And then that is then your cue to be like, apart from going, uh, to go, well, actually, I think. And then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. If, if somebody's wanting your opinion in that kind of setting, they'll definitely ask for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, and we're not saying, you know, don't be afraid to speak, obviously, but more forethought, I think, before you actually open your mouth is, yeah. is ideal. Um, because, yeah, eventually, like Colin says, you'll get to a point where people will want your opinion. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but initially, if you if you think that you don't really have a heck of a lot to add, or you might not have the experience to you know say you know like just just say something that'll actually add to the situation, yeah. best thing to probably do is just to not say anything and yeah. you know wait until you are more confident in your own skills. And yeah. you know what? Maybe maybe you're undershooting yourself. Maybe you're underestimating what you actually know. But it's always better to do that than to try to be a plus one yeah. and end up just just being a negative in the whole situation. Yeah, definitely. Just sit back, take in what people are saying, and of course, if you're at, you know myself or Collins level or lower, you know, and you've not been in the industry for twenty, thirty years, there is going to be so many more people in that room that know more than you. And the idea is just to open your ears and soak in as much as you can of what they're saying, because um, mm -hmm. you'll learn so much about everything. And then, you know, just take notes. It's just like a normal conversation. Like, 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 honestly, rather than talking about yourself, which of course we're we're doing on this podcast, but that's the yeah. whole point. But yeah, yeah. when you're when you're in a conversation with someone, like people will like you better if you make the conversation more about them. And even if you don't say a heck of a lot and they're doing all the talking, afterwards they're gonna be like, Whoa, that was a really good conversation. I don't know why. But uh, it was yeah. because you kept redirecting all of the you know, all of the, the, the whole direction of the conversation back at them and they're gonna be they're gonna be like, Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. I like this person. Not yeah. because you were even being that nice. You were just making them talk about themselves. People yeah. love talking about themselves. Yeah. And that's a, that's that's a whole deeper subject of NLP and, you know, neurological logistic uh, programming and stuff like that and, you know, making people feel happier about themselves like Colin because you're making them making the conversation about them but um yeah it's it's just a life lesson i think you know just from a like a practical perspective it like like you have like like you're you're you're, you're not going to learn anything new by talking about yourself unless yeah. of course you're just trying to work something out you know you need to get it out there but you like like you just have so much more to learn from other people than yourself so you yeah. might as well you know do more listening yeah the biggest melting pot in the world we should all be like more like those people so yeah, um, I think I mean uh, that should be roughly us for this week, guys. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again for calling for joining me and giving up his time and his his precious time for 
sitting at the computer. No problemo, thank you, sir. Yes, indeed. Um, we will try and make this a little bit more regular. Um, again, with us be both being busy people, um, Colin also more than me, but yeah, trying to get time is a luxury at the moment. Um, I think it'll get easier as we go. Yeah, definitely. Um, once we get in the rhythm of making these, it'll... It'll come fast and furious. Um, mm -hmm. So again, uh, for myself, if you want to check out any of my stuff, I am at gordonneal.com. Um, I will be posting all the show links below in the show notes as well if you want to find any of our stuff. But yeah, gordonneal.com. I'm actually going to be redesigning my website in a couple of weeks, so that'll be all kind of up in the air. Um, but I'm on Facebook as well, at gordonnealart, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Patreon, a lot of other stuff. You will find me in lots of places. Just Google my name. Um, and Colin, of course... I'm on ArtStation, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and that'll all be posted too. <clears throat> yes, definitely. And uh, again, um, you know, for anybody who is listening who wants to uh, email us, I'll leave the email below. But again, with if you find Colin's stuff on ArtStation or myself and you want to, you know, ask us any questions about techniques. We are um, both more than happy to, to talk to you guys for as long as you need. Yeah, we're not going to talk about networking for the best part of an hour and then not respond to anybody who emails. Exactly, so. that would be that would be the like like the definition of hypocritical. hypocritical oh, yeah, we're so busy we can't talk to you. <laughs> um, no, we're always we're always looking to talk to more people and, and pass on what we've learned. Um, and of course, um, Colin has a, a few things to probably talk about in the future about learning and, and tutorials and stuff as well. But um, yeah, Colin's always always there to to give feedback and to help you guys grow. That's the whole the whole way and you know that's a life lesson as well just to end on the podcast is that you know we talked about how the most successful people always want to bring people up with them and it's definitely something you should encourage everybody is a student and yeah. we're all bringing each other up to the next level of being a student <laughs> yes definitely forever a student um okay guys so thanks very much for tuning in um uh, again this will be on youtube and we're going to hopefully this week or the week after I'm going to finally um, go through all the red tape to get this on iTunes as a podcast and uh, then that will be a bit more official but you'll find us on YouTube just now um, like and comment if you can guys give us some feedback about what you think about subject wise and what you want to talk about we've mm. also got some um, guests that we're talking about getting on as well from Colin's side and myself um, and yeah just stay tuned and, and keep listening guys thanks very much for listening <laughs> <laughs>